You're listening to Dealing with Change in Business, Understanding the Human Barriers, starring Joe Roberts, the Skid Row CEO. I'm your co-host, Scott Patton, the master of Unwebonomics. Hey, Joe, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Scott. Good to be here. All right. I'm really excited. This is our first episode, our inaugural dive into the world of podcasting. It's a big change for you. And uh, working together with you, of course, is a big change for me because uh, that's what life's all about. The only constant in the world is change. So uh, in order to get this, uh, this new enterprise of ours up and running, uh, you know, Joe, change can be tough. I mean, there's lots of resistance to change. We see it all over the place. Uh, how did you uh, start changing your life? Well, I think that... Um yeah, I think it's really interesting, Scott, that a lot of times our guru-ness comes from our greatest setbacks and failures. And I think, you know, the things that we struggle with most, I think that that's where life's greatest gems and greatest uh, lessons come from. Um, you know, I kind of went through a, a real metamorphosis and a transformation that was, was sort of forced through the the narrow part of change, uh, I would say about about uh, 20 years ago in my life, where uh, I literally went li- uh, from living on the, the streets of downtown East Vancouver as a homeless drug addict to, um, you know, to having to face that 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 change and that struggle to, you know, get into recovery and and find um, you know find a new way in life. So. It's interesting when I look at some of the challenges that we're faced with today in the business world, some of the challenges certainly in your world, Scott, around technology, um, a lot of the very predictable, normal human responses sort of kick up. You know, it's interesting. I was thinking about doing this show with you. and Like, how long have we been talking about doing this? At least two years. Yeah. And so here's a great example of something that you know is 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 you know, something that you should be embracing. Like there's so many great technologies out there that we should be embracing and should be, you know, trying to figure out. But for some reason, there's these human barriers and these human things that block us from, uh, you know, from actually getting in, you know, waist deep and, and, uh, and experiencing that. And I, I actually find that incredibly, incredibly curious because it's, that's the kind of stuff that I like to sort of decompartmentalize decompartmentalize and, and, and really have a good look at because when you can understand what it is that we do and not just some of us but all of us right we have this certain level of resistance and it, sometimes it's different things you know that we will yeah. kick up against um, uh, for sure it could be a health issue it could be uh, a learning issue it could be a business issue it could be a relationship issue uh, there's lots of different areas where you know, like I have a friend, it's like he's, he dates the same woman, just in a different body, constantly, right? Yeah. <laughs> or we have, uh, you know, I've been wanting to lose 20 pounds for like eight years now, and uh, the goal weight just keeps going up by about five pounds a year, right? <laughs> <laughs> it happens. It happens, right? Yeah. And, and I think one of the big things when it comes to dealing with change is understanding, and you've said this to me a number of times, it's tough, but also it's not, it's not really a normal thing. Like we get into patterns, mm. and it's like a rut or you know, a grave with both uh, ends knocked out. And it's not easy. Like if you think about it, if you actually go into a rut and it's 10 feet high on each side, 
it takes a lot of effort to get out. And a lot of times people will get like halfway up and then they'll slide down. And it could be sliding down because they've just stopped making the effort. Or it could be because they've made a misstep and they've come out. And I think one of the things about change that is really, really important is not trying to be the lone ranger about it. Not trying to be the, you know, do it yourself, right? And I mean, us guys in particular, like, you know, are you kidding me? I'm going to ask for directions. No way, Mm. right? But like, for example, I, I like to do hot yoga, which is a very unpleasant a hot, sweaty thing, and the exercises and poses and everything else are incredibly difficult, uncomfortable as well. And the first eight months that I did it, the only way that it happened was I had two friends that were really committed to going. So they would phone me up and say, Scott, it's uh, 6 o'clock at night, hot yoga is at 7, I'm on my way over. And I was fortunate because I was between them and the hot yoga studio. So what was I going to do? Right. They were banging on my door, you know, Mm. kidnapping me and taking me to hot yoga for six months, you know, and that's what I wanted. And if they had not done that, uh, if they'd only done it like once or twice and then stopped, I would never have continued going. I know that for a fact. So by having those friends of mine come by and. There's a lot of social pressure, right? Like I couldn't just say, ah, no, I don't really feel like going. I mean, Scott, I'm here at the door. Let's go, right? Mm. And I know you really want to do it, so I'm not putting up with any of your BS and your excuses or any of that stuff. We're going. So there was never a question of going. So after about eight months, both of them moved somewhere else, and they continued. I don't know if one's still doing it. I know another one is. But they're doing it at, at um, places that are a lot closer to them and not where we used to do it. So I'm on my own. And it's interesting because for the last, the next two and a half years, I have continued and I'm still continuing to do that exercise. Uh, and I'm absolutely amazed at the benefits I'm getting from it. And I know that if I had decided, okay, I'm going to go do this, and it could, be, it could be skiing, it could be launching a new venture, it could be whatever you want it to be. If I hadn't had that support, I wouldn't have made those changes. Yeah. You know, and you, you hit on a number of key things that I sort of want to unpack because actually what I heard there, Scott, is there's 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 a new pattern that was created. Okay. Yes. And so, the you know, my business partner, Dr. Sean Richardson, talks a lot about the science of the mind and and understanding a deep level. We will resist change. And one of the reasons we resist change is because of something called the conservation of energy. Um. The, the old part of our brain that has that fight-or-flight mechanism in it ha- also has that sort of pre-programming that creates this, this sense that if I don't really need to do this, I'm not going to. And so it, it's really interesting, but naturally as human beings, um, it's very normal to be lazy. It's very yeah. normal. No, it is. It's absolutely normal to resist change because we are – in our instincts, just like any other animal on the planet, is this this thing that says reserve that energy because you may need it as a survival mechanism. So when change comes along, um, one of the challenges that we're faced with is how do we break that pattern? And what you shared with me that was really interesting is that, one, you put your hand up and you said, no, 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 I, I want this change in my life, so I'm willing to be teachable, right? And the mind, right. only, mind is kind of like a parachute. It only works when it's open, right? <laughs> yeah. And so you become you become that transparent and authentic person. And you become vulnerable, and so that's what I actually consider a tough guy. 
And someone who's able to be, you know, to be teachable, to be vulnerable, to be transparent, to be able to be coached. Well, when, when I was just going to say, when you think about it, right, go back 100,000 years and we're in our cave, you yeah. and me and the missus, yeah. all the, the, our tribe and everything else. We go out and we get a Macedonian and we kill it and we cut off chunks of, you know, uh, th- you know, meat and everything else. Take it back to the cave. We eat. What do we do then? We sit around, right? That's I mean, it. you know, we oh, this is really good life. You know, we don't do anything else. We got enough food. We got some water. We got the women. We got the kids. We got the fire. We tell stories, yeah. and we're just lazing around. And so well, I can totally see what you what you're saying here about, you know, be, this laziness isn't. Like it's got a bad connotation, but it's a kind of a, a normal. Uh, there's good reason for it, right? Well, the, there is. The thing is, is that there's a vast difference in the world of want and need. What we need is shelter, food, and water. Outside of that, everything else is a want. Okay, and so different people have different barometers or ceilings on what a want is for them. And so in order to break the cycle of pattern that we create, and it's actually neuroscience, we build pathways in our brain on how we think. So being lazy or laid back or resistant to change is such a normal human reaction. However, this is big. It's dysfunctional if you want to create anything new in your life. So if you've made the decision to go to yoga and yet you're not willing to act on that or do anything to persist to build a new pattern, then that simply won't come to fruition for you. And I think that's, you know, one of the challenges we face as uh, business people is that if it's great to dream the big goal, but if we're not going to actually engage and get into action, then it's very difficult for us to pre-program our minds, yeah, in order for us to create that change. Elite performance takes a reprogramming of the mind because we're not programmed for elite. Right, yeah. When you think of, uh, you know, the the top, uh, football players around or the hockey players or the baseball players, uh, the amount of time and energy they go into putting themselves in the position of being being at that level is absolutely amazing. I mean, to think about, like, I just can't even imagine spending, you know, four hours a day in a gym working out in July and August, getting ready for, you know, the October training camp for a hockey team, for example, or an NBA team. When I could be, you know, just laying by the, the, the lake or on the beach or, you know. Yeah, well, and that's that's where, you know, that's a piece of uh, an idea that I, I was writing about a couple of weeks ago. In fact, I was sharing with a, a group in a keynote I was giving in Toronto. And it's the idea that we got to create reasons over roadblocks. So if we understand that change is a roadblock, and it is, it's, it's, it's a roadblock for every human being. Um, what reason are you going to build? So the metaphor is what bridge are you going to build over that roadblock? And that bridge needs to be built with the cinder blocks of purpose. So, mm-hmm. you know, for me, I get asked all the time, how did you go from being a street guy, you know, you know, to being a, you know, running a million dollar company and being on the cover of McLean's magazine? I, it's, it's easy. I created big reasons in my life. I, I think that, you know, I get really inspired when I meet business people and entrepreneurs who have big reasons, right? Yeah. Then the next step is engagement. It's like, okay, great. You've got your vision. Keep that vision like the carrot in front of you that leads you forward. But purpose, purpose is the thing that will drive you 
over those speed bumps to change when life gets tough. Because you know what? Here's the reaction that I have, right? They're like this thing we were talking about earlier. Why have I resisted for a year or two to start a podcast? It's simple. When change comes up, my initial reaction today is irritation. I say, damn, I just figured out how this thing works, and now I have to learn how to do it again. Why? Why do I have to change? I plug my cell phone into my laptop, an iPhone wants to, to reboot, or, or, or Adobe wants to put in the latest, or JavaScript wants to update, or Windows has, has new updates. And I know what's going to happen. I, every time, Scott, it's the same thing. I hate it when this happens, because guess what's going to happen in my life? You're going to find out you don't know how to do something. Exactly. And so what does that come back to, that thing that we were talking about? I've built a set of systems and shortcuts to conserve energy. And when that gets threatened at an unconscious level, I don't like it. I hate it when I go to my bank and they're trying something new and I'm the guinea pig. Or I, or I go to that service <laughs> provider and that person I love to deal with has been promoted and they're no longer there. Because it comes to that brain science stuff where I like the shortcuts and I like the familiarity. That's right. That's right. We, we, we really – you're absolutely right. Like I was just thinking of there's a couple of cashiers I like to go through when I go to the grocery store, right? And all of a sudden they're not there. It's just like, oh, this person – or the teller who understands everything that you need. You would hardly need to tell her what to do, right? Yeah. Well, and, and I think what it boils down to is um, – and this may be simple, but it's not simplistic is that there's three core stages we go through when we're faced with change. The first one is anger, right? And I just kind of shared that. And I think all of us can relate to that. It's like, ah, oh, darn, I got <laughs> to learn something new or I got to put extra effort in. I, it's like you talked about being in that rut. You've got to, I got to find some energy, right, to get out of that rut. Then the next thing is, <clears throat> really, I think a little bit deeper is, is that it's really about fear, you know, for yes, me, for sure. the, the the deeper issue when I was on the streets was was fear. I was afraid. I'm afraid of the unknown. I still am today, right? I knew that my life was miserable, but the unknown was even scarier than the hell I was living in. Yeah, they say that the certainty of hell is preferable to the hell of uncertainty. And we all do this. Imagine that that I was afraid of what I knew was good for me. But I didn't do it because it was unknown. I preferred to settle for something broken and familiar than something functional and unknown. And yeah. we do that. We do that all the time. Yeah, every day. But I think at a real deep level, what it came down to for me was it was about doubt. At my deepest level, I doubted I could do it. I doubted it was in me. I doubted I was worth it. This kept me in apathy and and back from embracing recovery, a new way of life. Um, it created resignation. And so many times I gave up before I allowed a miracle to happen. And today I recognize with some success and some wins under my belt is that oftentimes, you know, the greatest fear is just in getting started. And once that happens, this energy is drawn to whatever it is that you're tackling. And you find yourself like that, you know, I hate to be trite, but like the little train that thought he could. And he finds himself getting up, you know, and, and over that hill. And it's really just in, just in, in uh, the, you know, the genius is in the beginning. That's right. 
And, and I think the other side of it is setting yourself up for success, right? Like in my mm-hmm. case, like I'm, there are people that would say, you know what, I want to, I want to do hot yoga. I don't need anybody coming to my place to drag me along. I can mm-hmm. just do it on my own. And they could, and they would, and they would be just fine, right? But the thing is, is that I recognize that that's not me. Me, if I want to do something like that, because that happens to be a certain area of my life where I know this to be true, it may not be in other areas. It's like, in fact, it's not. If, uh, but in terms of, of exercise and, and that area of my life, if I have a buddy, I am way more successful and I'm way more likely to do it. If I have a buddy and I'm going to a bar and I want to pick up a woman... Um, that just totally intimidates me and I don't do it. I have to go by myself. So yeah. not every area do I have the same success strategy. There are different yeah. success strategies in different areas of our lives. And I think it's really important that we be aware of them, we recognize what they are, and then we utilize them. So it's like if I want to learn to ski, I know i got to find someone that loves to ski, has a little bit of patience, is willing to have me be their ski buddy, and goes two or three times a week and won't take no for an answer from me, and I'll go. Yeah, you're talking about accountability. You know, it's, it's funny. You're talking about going to the bar and picking up girls. I'm afraid of doing that as well. It's for a different reason. I'm, I'm more afraid that my wife will catch me. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you're married. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, no, sorry, I'm, just, I'm, I'm joking around, but... What you're talking about is two things. It's the myth of self-sufficiency and accountability. And the accountability game is really, really big, especially when you're pushing through change. When I do coaching, whether it's senior leaders or I'm doing sales coaching, one of the things that I find is that if you give somebody a structured set of boxes to tick and you check back with them in a week, there's a good chance that they'll get it done. And then after a while, like you said, Scott, you build that pattern. Mm -hmm. I think that change today... You know, when I look at my life, it's it's really not not necessarily about fear, but there's a lot of anxiety. We live in a time when things are changing so rapidly. A hundred years ago, they would have called this chaos. Mm-hmm. And so, my real practical things today is I worry about time allocations and efficiencies. Um, I've mastered productive ways of of doing my role in, in business and in life, and and I don't want to change those things. And for me, this comes back to, you know, the patterns and skill sets that I've mastered as a busy guy. I like shortcuts, right? Yeah. Ways of getting things done and saving time to cater to the conservation of energy. And change always seems to take more time. But I, I think that you know when I <laughs> that's dealt with that's right. But I, yeah. I got to jump in here. Change always takes more time in the beginning yeah. because it's different. We're not used to it. It's not automatic. We have to stop and really have to think about it. And so what looks like could be a shortcut doesn't in the moment, and then later on it kind of does. And Tiger Woods, I thought, was a great example of that. It's like here's this guy, and, you know, I mean, he's having a tough go of it right now, but there was a time when he was the best player in golf in the world – and he stopped and he started changing his swing. And he had a really bad year. And everyone was like, why were you changing your swing? Well, he knew why. He had a lot of very, very good reasons why. One of which I think is the way he was swinging was going to probably break his back one day and he wouldn't be able to you know, have a really bad time playing at all. So he started making those changes. And it took him a while. And then once he was had those changes mastered, he was back being number one again. So 
it, we all go through this. It doesn't matter what level we're at, where we we resist the change because we know it's not usually an immediate improvement. It's yeah. usually an immediate uh, step backwards. I'm not as good a golfer as I was before. I'm not as good, uh, you know, in business as I was. I'm not as good as sales as I was. Or I'm not whatever it is. We see that all the time, and then hopefully you're able to actually be way better long-term than you were before if you made well, the correct change. Well, that, that's it. I mean, when you use Tiger as, um, as an example, that when you look at great visionary, um, you know, elite people like, like Tiger Woods and others, they have, um, they have a big reason in the long-term vision, and that sort of connects to, you know, that thing I talked about, doubt. If we don't have a big enough reason, doubt will creep in. And what happens is that impatience or restlessness is really about doubt of whether I can do this or whether I'm going to be able to reach my goals or make a difference. You know, a long time ago, I realized that my lack of patience is really due to something extraordinary in me. I have such a deep desire to get big things in life done, to build a legacy, to feel that, you know, every minute that I have now isn't wasted. And my lack of virtue in that area is really related to a greater one, and that's purpose. I think more and more people today want purpose. You know, that's that's what drives me today, and I guess that's what would drive, you know, someone to change their swing is is to really see that their life in in, in such a way has has meant something, right? Absolutely. And I think that doubt threatens the existence of the chance of what I'm doing right now. Will it matter? Will it really mean anything? Yeah, and that uh, Joe, I think, is a great uh, spot for us to. Uh, sign off for our first uh, episode and if somebody wanted to know more of the stuff that you're up to and what you're doing uh, where should they go they go to skidrowceo.com awesome and there's lots of great information there about what joe's up to you can see some of his videos and awards that he's won and connect with him on facebook and twitter and a whole bunch of other places and uh, if you want to know more about the unweb what's happening uh Wired Magazine recently said the web is dead, and so if you just got an old-fashioned website, uh, you're in big trouble, and you may not know about it, just like the dinosaurs didn't know they were about to go extinct, uh, until it's too late. So if you want to know more about that, I have a free report on Unwebonomics at www.unwebonomics.com. If you thought this was of interest, please tell all your friends, subscribe to us on iTunes, and leave some comments there. Give us some five stars, and we really appreciate it. Any feedback that you give us. So for Joe Roberts, the Skid Row CEO, and myself, Scott Patton, thank you for joining us, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.